Welcome to this week's edition of Unscripted, featuring Kirby Hassanen and Bill Petrie. Make sure you listen up as we argue to see who can speak louder. And don't forget, we're sponsored by Promo Corners Identity Marketing. All right, enjoy the ride. And welcome to the 34th edition of Unscripted. That sounds good to me. I don't really care the actual number. This is Bill Peacher, your co-host. And with me, as always, is my good pal, good time player man, king of all Kashokton media, <laughs> Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, I love asking you this question every time we do the podcast because I never know what the answer is going to be. But Kirby, how the hell are you? Yeah, I need to throw up one that isn't like uh, fantastic because actually, yeah, I'm really good. Um, but that's not you. You have you you are a positive, upbeat dude, and so it would uh, destroy my vision of you if you said, "Yeah, kind of shitty today, Bill." Thanks for asking. <laughs> no, actually, you know, one of the things I'm super happy about, and I'm literally knocking on wood as we talk about, is I have sort of avoided some of the funk that has seems like is just everywhere right now. Um, and so my hope is to keep that up and try not to try to maintain the non-sickness in my life. So that's, that's that, my goal. That is a good thing. I am still struggling with the Vegas flu. I do not have the flu. I got a flu shot. Um, I, I did not escape trade show season unscathed. I've been to three trade shows uh, over the past month and – I have a cough I can't get rid of. Yeah. I actually had to go to the doctor and get some prescription cough medicine. I have the way my body is, Kirby, for whatever reason, I get sick and I'll get better, but I'll cough for three to four weeks afterwards. I just can't stop coughing. And so I just took a shot of the uh, cough syrup. I've got several cough drops here right next to me so that we can do this podcast without me hacking in everybody's ear. That's That's very thoughtful of you. Hey, and you know where I keep my cough medicine, Kirby? Where's that? I keep it in the kitchen. And do you know why I keep it in the kitchen, Kirby? Why is that? Because when I think of promotional products and where they're most likely kept, did you know the number one room in the house where they're kept is the kitchen? I didn't. This is new information. New information. That's correct. That is 100% true and accurate, uh, given to us by the good people at PPAI. And I think it's important that my cough medicine is surrounded by the greatness that is promotional products. And if you're looking to add, to the promotional products that are in your kitchen, Kirby, as I'm sure you are, and I'm sure you're looking to do the same thing for your clients. For sure. Do you know where you can get those promotional products for the kitchen? I hope, because this is going to be super anticlimactic. If not, I hope you're going to say Bay State. I am going to say the good people at Bay State Specialty Company. And so (laughs) they have a whole cadre of promotional products centered around the kitchen. And it's right there on their website, www.baystate.com. At your leisure, people, please, I encourage you, Kirby implores you, go visit them and see what new kitchen products they have this year. Kirby, I'm ready to get this thing rolling. I hope you have the courage to do this podcast with me. Are you ready to go? I I don't know that I can uh, summon the vocab that you seem to have today, but I'm going to do my best. Yeah, I'm high energy today. This is a high energy (laughs) – actually, this is a – I am broadcasting at an extraordinarily high level today, so I hope you can keep up with me. I I didn't realize you were going to be using SAT words, but you are, and I'm excited about that. All right. Are you ready? You want me to start off with the topic? Because clearly, I'm I'm ready to go. (laughs) Throw it out, my friend. Throw it out. All right. So both of us create a lot of content in terms of content marketing. It's kind of a theme that's run through uh, our show and, and actually our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we both tried content. Uh, we keep content. Sometimes we discard content. 
how do you decide what is or isn't working in terms of content marketing? And then what do you do about it? How do you change that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, You're damn right it is. I'm broadcasting <laughs> at a high level today, Kirby. <laughs> that's a great question. And uh, so, yeah, no, um, I, I actually do get that question a lot. I think you do too. And I think that how do I determine whether content is working? Um, certainly you, you base it off of the level of engagement the level of you know feedback that you sort of get. But honestly, I think that I don't gauge whether content is working at the time the content is put out. Um, I take a kind of a long-term play look at it. Um, the uh, An example I guess I'd come up with is the Delivering Marketing Joy podcast that I did at the beginning of last year where I did it every business day for about six months. Kirby, excuse me. I believe that's the award-winning <laughs> Delivering Marketing Joy podcast. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah, um, and it was it was really good, and the feedback was good, but it was like I didn't feel like I had a good sense of what I needed to do with it. And you you know this because you and I actually had conversations about this separately. I was like, oh, gosh, do I keep going? Is, is it enough feedback for doing it every day? And what I kind of landed on was – it was important to do, but it wasn't important that I do it every single business day. But I, I gave it six months and I gave it consistent six months. I think so many times people do content and they do it for you know, a week or two and if they're not getting the results they want, then they give up on it. Um, and I think that you know one of the things that I think I've heard you say and I certainly say is that, man, doing content creation is a long-term play. And so I guess that – is that a fair answer to your question? No, that's a good answer, and I, I take the same approach. You know, I have um, I, I've done the same thing. You know, when I when I first started Brand of Eight, I wanted to do content just about every day, and, and a lot of it was industry driven, and, and but also quite a bit of it was just personality driven, getting myself out there. And one of the things I started that I'm passionate about is music, and I did a Music Monday, mm. and um, I only did it for three weeks, and I'm kicking myself for that now, and I gave up on it too soon, and so it really actually um, dovetails very nicely into your point, which I didn't know you were going to make, so it actually works out really well. Mm-hmm. I didn't give it the time to marinate. Right. I didn't give it the time to really get traction. I decided, wow, after three weeks, this sucks, and <laughs> people think it sucks, and I don't want to be part of any sort of suckage, and so I pulled the plug on it, yeah. and I wish I didn't because in a similar vein, I do a wacky advertisement on Wednesday for right. Brand Debate. And it, it, it got no traction. And now almost every week, good time player man Joe Haley comments on it from yeah. ASI, who's, who's a great guy. And uh, I, I think he listens to this podcast. If not, we're going to tag him when we, when we right. pr- uh, promote it. So he does. But he's a great guy. And he always engages on it. And that keeps me going. And so I, I wish I had kept the Music Monday thing. Um, I, I do subscribe to the uh, theory very much like you do of consistency. Yeah. I bailed out on my consistency for Music Monday. I kind of regret it. I may bring it back. I may not. But uh, that was a good good answer. Kirby, do you have another topic for us? Let's go. Well, <laughs> we need to take you off the Red Bull. But um, but one of the things I actually it occurs to me, and, and this is something that probably not everybody knows, Bill. But I mean, you're you do the adult beverage of the week, and you had a similar situation when you first started that, right? I did. Yeah. I did. It was roundly ignored. And, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it was just like anything else. Yeah. I mean, you start something from zero. Exactly. 
at first you're going to listen to it. Maybe my wife will listen to it. Maybe, my, you know, but it, it over time it became part of kind of my brand that, right. you know, hey, every Friday I celebrate the end of a productive week by reviewing an adult beverage. And sometimes it's beer, sometimes it's a cocktail. Um, but yeah, it's become part of the part of the brand. Yeah. And, and again, early on, nobody's paying attention, but I love that you stuck that out. And um, so, yeah, I think that's sort of a lesson for folks who are thinking about content marketing is that it's not going to be, I mean, unless you're Seth Godin or unless you already have an audience that is built up, your first ones are not going to be your best and it's not going to be your most watched. Um, no, that's, that's correct. It. That's correct. And I can actually attribute my largest client, um, my second largest client in 2016 directly to the adult beverage of the week. So it did work. Nice. That's fantastic. Um, okay. So it's actually your first topic dovetails nicely. My first topic I've written down here because it is about content marketing. And my second, my question was about that is, you know, I think we talk about this every now and again, we are all about consistency and we talk a lot about putting something out there on a regular basis, but what do you do um, when you struggle? What I mean, because we all struggle when we're coming up with content, there are going to be days um, where you're like, gosh, I just don't feel like I have it. So do you have any tips? Do you have any thoughts on what do you do when you're struggling to create some sort of content, whether it's written, whether it's um, whatever form of content you're creating? I think, first of all, a great question. When I'm struggling, and it is a struggle, the struggle is real, as the kids would say, um, when I struggle, I, I try to do I do two things. Number one, I try to kind of distance myself from everything that I'm doing, from all the stimulus in the world. Yeah. I shut down my computer, I turn off the music, I turn you know, put my phone in another room, and I almost go into a state of meditation. And I know that sounds kind of strange, um, but there's a reason some of your best ideas come to you when you're in the shower or when you're just drifting off to sleep because there's no other input. Mm -hmm. And so I try to create that same sense when, when I do that. And a lot of times things will come to me. Now, when I am, I'm an observer of life. As, as my yeah. wife would tell you, I have hypervigilance disorder and I notice every <laughs> damn thing in the world. And so content is everywhere. If you really, you know, want to find it you know the grammys were last night as we're recording this i could absolutely draw some business lessons or branding lessons from from last night if i wanted to so the, i i tried the so first thing is i try to really find some quiet some actual quiet to allow my brain to wander i find that when i allow my brain to wander it can go to magical mysterious strange places that allows me to be creative uh, number two, I try to find content all the time. So I keep a running list of, of things. Yeah. I write from the title down. I don't write, uh, especially when I'm writing content, but I do content from the title down. I think of a title and then I write to the title. I don't write the other way around. And so I'll, I'll come up with a little, a little turn of a phrase I like or, or something else. That's the second thing. Mm -hmm. And the third thing I'll do is I'll read. Yeah. I'll read. I find when I read the thoughts of others, it's not it's not plagiarism, but I can I can say, oh, that's a great lesson. It could apply here, and I can expand on it in the world I live in. Promotional products. So those are the things I do because honestly, it is a constant struggle. I mean, there are times when I can't write enough, mm -hmm. and I got a backlog, and then there's a time when I've got nothing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I totally get it. So that's, dude, I, it's funny because I, I, I did not cue you up to that question, but you were super prepared. That's, um, that's really, really good stuff, man. A great because the struggle, because it is a real struggle for me. I mean, it is, it, I wouldn't say it's daily, but it's regular. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I, I think it's important to mention that because again, we do talk to people that we're, you know, trying to help get started in the content creation world is I think sometimes people think, well, for some people it's just super easy. Um, and I don't know that it, you know, some people it's probably easier than others, but I think it really is about discipline and it is about going, look, it's hard for everybody, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, I'm committed to it. Right. I'm committed to content and I'm committed to creating it. And so, yeah, there are times I have to force content. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there are times where, I, and, and sometimes I read the content and I, it feels forced. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I can't stand some of the things that I put out there at times. Not all the time, but at times. But it's so interesting how few people realize that it is forced. Right. Um, very rarely will someone call me on that. I always welcome people to because, you know, I'm, I'm human too. I can't see the forest for the trees many times when it comes to my own content. For sure. For sure. Cool, man. Those are great tips. Uh, you got another topic? As it turns out, Kirby Hossman, I do. <laughs> so you've got employees yes. who – and you've got sales employees. You've got sales associates who work for you. Mm-hmm. Where do you get their sales training and how do you train them? And the reason I ask is because I put out a blog post today, which is Monday, mm-hmm. about uh, sales training doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of an ironic thing because – you know, as someone who derives a good portion of their income from sales training, why would I be saying sales training doesn't work? Right. But my point of it was sales training doesn't work unless you uncover the why someone isn't producing. If you just have a bunch of theories and work harder and it's a numbers game and you move someone from a suspect to a prospect to a client, it's not going to work. You have to figure out the why. So I want to, I'd love to know where you get your sales training or how do you train your salespeople, I guess is my question. Oh man, that's a great question. And if anybody, you know, I think probably the truth is if anybody has the, you know, the magic pill, I'll be open to taking it as well. Right. Absolutely. Right. And you're damn right. It's a great question. I am broadcasting (laughs) at an extraordinarily high level today. (laughs) I think there's PEDs involved. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think that we derive some, there's some industry training that we use. Um, actually when, uh, candidly, one of the, the, when I hire salespeople into our company, um, David Blaze has a basic training um, program that we kind of run people through, um, and I think it's good um, to to kind of go over the basics of that sales training. Um, so uh, we do that, but then we also tailor it to kind of what our culture, what our message um, is, because I think that the more voices we can expose people to when it comes to um, a new industry because we aren't, and I, let me be real clear, a lot of the people we're bringing in aren't industry veterans. That, that, that training wouldn't make sense for them. So part of what I'm trying to do is expose them to the idea of, there's so many ways that you can use promo in different businesses and when you're not thinking about it like we've been thinking about it for 20 years – you, you get a lot of aha moments when you get a lot of voices. So that's your basic, hey, I'm trying to intro you to the industry. That's one way, and that works well for us. And then, honestly, you know this about me, but I'm constantly um, reading. I'm constantly um, trying to 
kind of grow myself. And so then I try to implement that uh, within within when I see a message or a uh, tactic that I think makes sense, then we talk about it as a team. We're getting ready to do a book study as a group coming up. And so I, I kind of pull it from a ton of different places. I'm not sure if that's a that that answers your question, but those are those are kind of where I pull it from. It, it's, it's a good, good answer because it's your answer, Kirby. So awesome stuff. What's your topic? And I've got I've got one we need to talk about. So I, I want to make sure we hold enough time. I've got one more we need to talk about at the end. Okay, cool. This mine's this next one's kind of quick. Um, so you have heard me say one of my favorite quotes. My favorite quotes is the greatest distance in the world is the distance between I know and I do. Correct. Um, and it, just because I think that that's true of all of us. Um, and I actually use the example, you know, when I kind of give talks or whatever, I know this to be true because I know for sure that uh, how to have six pack abs, <laughs> but I do not have six pack abs right. because there's a great distance between what I'm, I know I should be doing and what I do. And so I'm curious um, if you have something in your world where you're like, well, I know I should be doing this. But in reality, I'm not. And I don't know if that's in your personal life or in your business life, but I don't know if you have anything like that that you're willing to share. Um, and if you want to think about it, I can give you a few of mine. In terms of things I know I should be doing that I'm not doing? Yeah, that's correct. So, so like, yeah, I can. Yeah, go ahead. I, I got it. No, I got it. I'll, I'll share. Um, I, I made it over over the fall it was very stressful for me to just fall with everything that happened with my wife and her heart condition and all that and i know about me that i'm a stress eater okay um not that i'm like eating 14 cans of pringles in a sitting but i'll eat shit i'll yeah. eat shit i know that's not good for me and i'll eat too much of it portions kind of go out the door and so on so on and so forth i have made a commitment over the past probably month, and I'm not one of these people to broadcast it because I actually believe you can go to the gym and work out without <laughs> alerting everybody on Facebook. Um, I, I don't know if people actually realize that, but, I, but you can. I, um, I'm not yeah, sure I, I can. <laughs> yeah, I, apparently. Yeah, I, you never know. But I've, I've so two things. I've I've made a commitment to you know go to the gym every day. I'm not doing it. Um, so I know I need to go every day, but I don't. I try to. But I've been sick, and so I'll use that as an excuse because I can't get my heart rate up and not cough and wheeze. Yeah. So is that an excuse or is that a reason? I don't know. That's for other people to judge. That's number one. I, I think from a business perspective, I talk sometimes a really good game about being laser-focused and single-tasking. You've heard me talk about yep. it. Um, and there are times where – 40 minutes goes by and I have gone down a rabbit hole on the Monday morning quarterback or ESPN <laughs> or Twitter. So I, I can, I'm, I'm as susceptible as everyone else. Yeah. I, I still think I focus, I, I do focus better than I used to. Yeah. But so that that's the one where I know what I need to do, but what I, what I actually do sometimes is very different. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear from the audience, those who are, are regular listeners, of what the difference in their lives between they, what they know they should do and what they actually do. I think that would be super interesting because I think we all do that, right? Absolutely. Your last topic that we have to get to. Well, are you going to share some sort of things you know you're supposed to do and you don't? Or is that just for me to feel like shit? 
<laughs> All right, I'll give you one. Um, other, Thank I mean, you. Other than the uh, obvious fitness one, um, you know, I think for me, I know for sure that I should be doing uh, more prospect calling for larger clients. Good. And like everybody on the planet, prospect calling is not something that anybody really goes, ooh, you know what I want to do today? Um, I know I should be doing more of that, but I'm not actually doing it nearly as much as I should. And the great irony is, is when I do it, I get opportunities to do the things that are fun, right? Right. Um, and, you know, in creating uh, fun and creative campaigns, but I don't get those opportunities unless I'm putting myself out there. And so that's the biggest one within my business world that I'm like, okay, I know I should be doing this more. And I literally had that conversation this morning um, that I need to get that on my calendar because if it's not on my calendar, it's not going to happen. I agree. Good stuff. Okay. Cool. So um, I think this will be our last topic. Yep. I'm a, as you know, and I think most of our audiences, I'm a huge music fan. Um, when I travel, I almost never turn on the TV. There's always music in the background. It's just my passion. It's uh, what's good for my soul, so on and so forth. So uh, I do make a habit of watching the Grammys and the American Music Awards, and the Grammys were last night. So I thought it'd be fun, Kirby, if we did a little Grammy wrap-up. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the, the few things I thought were bad. And then some of the things I thought were really good about the show. I love it. Bring so it. let's let's. I'm going to start with the negative, okay. not negative. But so, so Beyonce, or as I like to call her, Baywants. <laughs> her performance was so long. It 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 gave me glaze eye. Yeah. I, I really couldn't handle it. I just didn't get it. I think she's an immensely talented woman, and yeah. certainly a stunningly beautiful woman as well. But. More importantly, very talented, and I think she's got something to say. But, man, her performance last night was completely lost on me. <laughs> well, I think it was a uh, – you know, I sat and watched that one with uh, my daughter, who's a ginormous Beyonce fan. Bay um, once. Yeah, and uh, I think that maybe the message there was about being a powerful woman. And, uh, you know, despite what I say about you, I just don't think you were the target audience. Uh, no, I, 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 I probably was not. So the second thing that I thought was really missed the mark, and I was so disappointed because I love this guy, James Corden, I thought stunk so bad as host. He seemed out of his uh, comfort zone to the point where I was uncomfortable watching him, right? <laughs> it's one thing to get out of your comfort zone to try new things, but it's another thing when you make everybody else uncomfortable by proxy. I think he's hilarious. I love carpool karaoke. But man, did he stink last night from my perspective. Fair, fair. I, and again, I don't like, I, I felt like he almost, it was like he was stinking on purpose. Um, my favorite part uh, with him was that um, when, uh, was it uh, 21 Pilots came up without their pants on, um, which I thought was yeah. pretty, pretty funny. Um, when they came back from break, when he didn't have his pants on, I thought that was his best moment of the evening. I, I agree because it was spontaneous yep. and it was him. Yep. It was the only part of the night that felt like him. Even when they did the carpool karaoke with Neil Diamond, who I love Neil Diamond. Yeah. They had to get 500 other spares in there and ruin it. Yeah. It just stunk. It just stunk. And the third bad thing before we get into the good – Boy, I've had an ass full of pentatonics. I get it. <laughs> yes, they're I totally super. <laughs> they're super talented, and and I love how it's a complete acapella group. But my God, is it some sort of legal obligation that they have to be on every awards show? I'm sorry, I've had enough. It's been fun. Yep, I'm Goodbye. with you on this one. I'm with you on this one, man. All right. So the good. Yes. The good. The Metallica Lady Gaga mashup was phenomenal 
That was amazing. I, I've always thought, you know, we, we, this is the second week in a row we've talked about Lady Gaga. Yeah. Um, I, I think she's an immensely talented chick. I really do. And I thought, uh, even though she was preening a little much and trying a little too hard, I thought she acquitted herself very well in a completely different genre of music in, in the heavy metal category. And Metallica was great. And, and of course, they're playing live. And who yeah. knows who else is playing live? They were playing live <laughs> because Hetfield's microphone didn't work for the first half of the uh, performance. And you know what? They just kept going. I thought that was great. I thought yeah. they were great. And on the same vein, I thought Adele was great when, uh, cause she's so honest and she was screwing up the George Michael tribute. She stopped it and had to start it over again. I thought that was great. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I love, like, you know, I love Metallica. So I'm, I'm totally down on that one for sure. Um, I thought the Bee Gees tribute was fantastic. I love myself some Bee Gees. Okay. I, I'm a huge fan of Barry Gibb. He is a completely underrated songwriter. Okay. And I thought the uh, parade of people, singing his songs phenomenal fantastic cool cool john legend singing god only knows which is my absolute favorite beach boy song for the the people we've lost in the past year okay. so beautiful just him and a piano and and there was another lady singing and i didn't catch who that was but she had a beautiful voice but just that very haunting melody of god only knows was was tremendous just tremendous and it's always sad and we've talked about you know as pop culture gets older we're, we're all getting older these tribute of the people we've lost the in memoriams are going to be larger and longer yeah. because our our pop cultural consciousness the, when it started, those people are now in their 70s and 80s, and it's really going to start happening. Yeah. My favorite moment, though, not just Morris Day, who I love myself some Morris Day, but when Bruno Mars did his <laughs> Prince tribute, I have to tell you, and I'm not, I'm not as big of a Bruno Mars fan as you are, but that is one talented cat. Yep. I mean, love he Bruno Mars, man. came out. Uh, and he's he's more than just a singer. He's more than just a performer. He's an actual musician. He um, just he really really did a great job on "Let's Go Crazy." I didn't I didn't love his guitar solo, okay. but I admire him for doing it. I think it's one of those iconic guitar solos yeah. that unless you can nail it note for note, don't do it. And nobody would have uh, been upset had John Mayer come out and done it or Eddie Van Halen or whatever. But I'll tell you what, I thought he did a tremendous job. Yeah, it was funny because I was actually thinking of you because I was like, damn, Bill Petrie cannot get away from Bruno Mars today. <laughs> I'm sending you Snapchats and everything else about Bruno Mars yesterday. And uh, so, yeah, I was thinking of you when Bruno Mars but was killing But see, I, I can be even to, even-handed when it comes to criticism. Fair. Fair. No, it was a, it was a fun night for sure. Agreed. Awesome. Well, I think we're up against our end of the uh, – end of the podcast here and it's coming up on lunch here yes. in my neck of the woods so you know what i have to do what do you got to do man i gotta go to the kitchen for sure and when i go to the kitchen i'm gonna find some basic promotional products that are going to help me make the sandwich to end all sandwiches because Bay State carries the best line of kitchen products in the industry. And I don't know if you know that they're going to be kept longer than any other promotional product just about. So if you're looking for uh, products that are going to be kept and used for years and years and years for your clients, there's no better place than Bay State to get those kitchen products that will be used. I encourage everybody to go to baystate.com. Kirby, I know you do too. We sure do, man. And this was a fun one. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate the Grammy wrap-up. That was that was a new and uh, insightful use of the Unscripted Podcast. 
It, it was. Well, you know what? It's our podcast, and we can do with it what the hell we want. That's right. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, everybody. Once again, thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. As always, brought to you by the good people at Promo Corner's Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals.